everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. Andrew Stretch, the Andrew editor. Mm-hmm. And where is the other Andrew? Uh, it's, it doesn't matter. We don't care. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, Otten is off this week, so we're, we're letting him enjoy whatever, whatever it is he's doing, probably on another hunt for some Warcraft pictures. It's, weirdly yeah. enough, he just keeps tweeting screen caps of him getting chicken dinners in a... Uh, uh, in Fortnite, that's mm. yeah. I guess he really took it seriously. Yeah, he's on the way to becoming a professional Fortnite streamer. So happy for him. Yeah, he's finally learned to how to floss, which is good. Dental hygiene <laughs> yeah. is important. He's also it, dancing a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that dance is though. I, I don't. I don't really get much of that. Very excited about uh, the the Super Saiyan update. Yes, <laughs> he's finally going to play with his best friend Goku. Uh, so in this week's podcast, we're going to talk about Cult of the Lamb later on. We're also going to talk a little more about Xenoblade 3 and Tower of Fantasy. But first, let's get into some news because the console wars are back. Finally, it's 1999 all over again. <laughs> Sony and Microsoft are, are buttonheads. Um, all we're so- missing is those just absolutely incredible Sega ads. Um, and I need, I need Xbox or Sony, either one to, uh, just revive that genre of advertisement because, uh, looking back at those, we need more of that. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Sega will do what Nintendo yeah. Sega does what Nintendo. Yeah. I, I don't even know what they would do now with Sony or at least an ad. That's like what there's a Microsoft collection of games on game pass, some shit like that. Can't really do much rather than the there. Sega scream, it's just somebody screaming Xbox Games Pass. Mm-hmm. Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to set the stage, as you all probably know, uh, Microsoft is in uh, the process of buying Activision Blizzard, and what? that has to go through. Yeah, it's kind of big that's, news. That's huge <laughs> news. When did that yeah. happen? <laughs> it hasn't yet. That's the thing. Um, uh, yeah. So that that big purchase is to go through a lot of checks and balances, and not just in America, but throughout the world. And one of the big regulators is Brazil's. And for some reason, Brazil has like they just kind of do all of this stuff publicly, as in like all the documents are just kind of posted online. There's of course some things that are redacted for like business critical purposes, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of information out there from a lot of big stakeholders in the industry who are at, who have been asked questions about this purchase, and there's some pretty interesting things that have come out of those questions. Right, I think the one of the big ones is uh, Sony basically saying that Call of Duty is a genre of its own to the point where if Microsoft owns Call of Duty, that's like game over for PlayStation, I guess, is kind of like the end of that line of thinking. Because like to them, who would buy a PlayStation if there isn't Call of Duty on it? Definitely not like God of War or anything. Spider-Man on that platform. What are those? Or just like over... Overwatch available on everything. Yeah. Uh, Battlefield, I guess. Battlefront, I guess. Apex uh, I Legends. Mean, like Sony is not wrong in saying that if if Xbox was to take the Call of Duty franchise and make it single platform, it would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Is Call of Duty a platform on its own or a, a genre of its own? 
no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like, let's not undersell it completely, though, right? Because Call of Duty is like a huge machine, right? Astronomical. Yeah, and from a gameplay perspective, there isn't really much that feels or plays like a Call of Duty, so I'll give them that. But I think there's enough options, especially on uh, this, like, you know, in the shooter space, where if you don't have access to Call of Duty, there's so many battle royales to check out, so many other shooters to check out. Like, you'll be fine, you know. You check out Hunt Showdown. I hear that's yeah. an okay game. I guess. <laughs> Maybe. It's right. watching Run get triggered. <laughs> uh, I love it so much. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely uh, ridiculous to watch this. You know, we joked about the the console wars, uh, which is stupid. Don't war with other people because they own different plastic than you. That's yeah, really hey, dumb. Sony ponies, <laughs> Xbox, chill out. This is not this is not your space. <laughs> um, but it is it is like you know. This board first went out and asked a whole bunch of like large players in gaming publishing space and uh, in tech as well. Like Apple was asked, Google was asked, mm-hmm. um, and Sony was the only one that had some issues with it. Interesting. A lot... <laughs> yeah. Who would have guessed? How strange. Yeah. Um, but to see this all like the the litigation, the defense, and you know what what could have been a very non-inflammatory event. Um, has has directly brought Microsoft and Sony's like you know legal or PR t- to each other, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. As someone who loves like digging down into the industry, knowing trends, knowing what's going on about the big deals, it's really cool to be able to, <laughs> to be able to get just such a such an unabridged look at what has been going on. Um, and you know, kind of the the public announcement of you know Xbox. You know, we've all known that they've been shifting away from reporting um, from reporting sales statistics and everything because their sales you know have paled in comparison. Just this week, Sony announced that they were going to stop reporting PlayStation Four sales numbers, but that at last count it was at 117 million. Mm-hmm. Whereas the current predictions for Xboxes, Xbox One, including like all of the subcategories of Xbox Ones, um, is sitting between fifty to fifty-five million. So it's still respectable. Oh yeah, like that's yeah. a that's a shit ton of consoles. Yeah. But but when second place is not even halfway <laughs> so to your sales, um, that's astronomical. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, I mean, there's and pros and cons of both platforms at the end yeah. of the day, I think. Um, but kind of one of the biggest takeaways from all of this is Xbox defending their, that they continually said was pro gamer, pro consumer practices, things like game pass and, and putting the first party things on versus Sony, not wanting to shift from, their pay-to-play model um, that that they have been absolute market leaders, market juggernauts in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the first time that it's really been, you know, like how Nintendo kind of uh, took the Wii and sidestepped out of the console wars. Um, 
you know, Microsoft is very boldly stating like, yeah, our strategy is not to compete. We're in a, like, we're in a different market now. We are yeah. a different thing. We're looking at different metrics. We are not holding ourselves to the same, to the same metric. Um, it's not just, really weird. I think the way the industry's evolved over the last five to 10 years is it's not just who can sell the most games anymore. It's who has the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that steam took a while to pick up. It's now this massive platform. Um, Xbox has games pass. They're, they're building a whole thing around that in terms of not only your Xbox, but your PC can share game says can share, uh, specific games as well even like mobile phones phones. and then coming soon every samsung smart tv yeah yeah like Um, that that's i think rumors say that's why they're buying blizzard because they want a trademark don't you guys have phones so they can say it in their marketing (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh man oh well played. It was it was weird. Uh, B- uh, Blizzard gave them the option: either you can buy every uh, every microtransaction in Diablo Infinite, or you can pay seventy nine billion for us. Um, and Microsoft found that the seventy nine billion was cheaper. It, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and that right there is a seventy nine billion dollar joke. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's about it's, the platforms. Uh, yeah, I mean. It, it's not just Xbox and and Sony though. Too, you've got Nintendo trying to build a platform. You've got uh, Epic trying to build a platform and and paying a significant amount of money to do so. I think that again, we've shifted from you know in the '90s it was Sega and Nintendo kind of duking it out over who could sell the most consoles, who could sell the most um, games off the shelves, and now it's you know who has the most uh active users um mm-hmm. which is you know it kind of falls in with with the SaaS model um software as a service that we've seen um most software companies take at this point mm-hmm. it's more profitable to have users who are playing and paying on a consistent basis than buying here and there as new game releases come out so it's i think the ROI is higher and whether or not I mean, whether or not Call of Duty becomes an Xbox exclusive, um, there there is a huge divide right now um, in it's terms also- of what Sony's offering on their platform versus Xbox. Like, I think the most recent update um, from PlayStation Plus Premium, Premium, Premium um, was it was like almost nothing, and I definitely saw people who were like, "Really." Like yeah. that's what you're giving us for this update. And I think it's a mentality thing more than anything. And right now to me, Xbox is winning that because they have the right messaging. They have um, kind of the right plan in terms of just consistency, you know, month after month, you're getting something new. And uh, again, whether or not Call of Duty is an Xbox exclusive Sony's got to find a way to match that so that they can kind of join this whole, at this point, like community war, who's got the larger, most consistent community. That's who's going to be the most profitable. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of the big takeaway here, right? Is like, it's, it's what you said too, stretch is that Sony is kind of unwilling to shift. 
they, they want to kind of keep doing what they're doing, which it, it is working for them. Right. And it, oh, it is starting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's starting to make me wonder how much of this is just like money talks versus, I don't know, art talks, whatever you'd want to call it. Cause like, you know, people will still come to PlayStation for Ragnarok. Like the mm-hmm. excitement for Ragnarok mm-hmm. is palpable. Right. I, I would say it's pretty comparable, if not maybe even oh, yeah. more than I, I Call of Duty. Wait. Yeah, like, you know, there, there's a new Modern Warfare coming out this year. Yeah, who gives a shit? It looks like the old Modern Warfare, right? Like, but then Ragnarok, when that thing drops, that's going to be like a, a nuclear bomb, tactical nuke incoming, right? So mm-hmm. there's there's just this weird thing where it's like Sony understands that they have these amazing exclusives going on, right? Like, you can bet your ass if they announce Uncharted 5, Last of Us 3, whatever it is like that, whatever Naughty Dog's X project is, they're going to have asses and seats, Yet mm-hmm. they still know that those asses won't make as much money as the ones that are in Call of Duty, right? So that's why this all kind of feels like a money thing to me, where it's really not about the integrity of you know having the genre of its own Call of Duty be accessible to everyone. It's more that that stream of money isn't going to have PlayStation in it anymore, and that's what's worrying them. Yeah, and it comes down to that mindset, like you said, again, like they're not... They're not willing to change. Um, and, you know, look at Circuit City. Neither were they. Mm-hmm. I'm not the, saying Sony's going to go out of business, though. Like, it's just <laughs> like in terms of mindset, you've got to be willing to shift with the times. And it feels like Sony's holding on to something that just isn't what gamers look for anymore. Um, because, again, it's kind of like the discourse we've seen in recent months, like, everything's community focused in terms of games, you know, developers and gamers are talking significantly more closer than they were in the past. Um, there's obviously detrimental stuff onto that, but it is, it is very much a, um, a war for where do I want to spend most of my time? Do I want Xbox (laughs) achievements or do I want PlayStation trophies? Like that probably is probably the best way to to explain it is like i've put all this time in on this platform that i'm you know very much invested in um who does it better god i just i just realized we're the only one here who doesn't give a shit about achievements and that kind of scares me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i i give shits about achievements where they're where they are attainable Uh, Mm, multiplayer achievements i don't give a crap about um i actually really like what I like what Call of Duty did, like giving you different like emblems and stuff. And the same thing that Halo used to do that, like all of the multiplayer achievements and like the, the multiplayer triumphs that you would you would have would correlate to obtaining different cosmetic gear that you could then like show off. Um, Minus the Halo Infinite achievement that you have to fill an entire Razorback and honk the horn or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it. We, we have seen Sony start to make a, a few steps um, like in the past. They definitely did with PlayStation. Now, when that was available on Sony Bravia TVs um, and through like your browser and stuff, and then they shifted away from it, likely because the infrastructure just wasn't wasn't quite there at the time versus now where it's still not there. Um, you know, we had that great chat about um, cloud gaming last week. Um, but Sony, Sony has been making some steps, you know, 
adding more backwards compatibility is nice. Um, but that was one of the things that people were also complaining about with this latest batch of PlayStation plus premium. Like you're playing, you're paying the premium price to get access to the backwards compatible titles, but no backwards compatible titles were added this time. And last month, I think that there was like a single PSP game. Um, and it kind of, it, it makes you question what the value of that, that, you know, backwards compatible service is going to be if it's more, but if they're just not going to commit to adding to it, we've seen them fumble before with the PlayStation four to PlayStation two. Um, it's, it's, it seems like Sony isn't coming into PlayStation plus premium with the idea of, okay, yeah, we can really do this. We can make this their own. It it feels like they're Mm -hmm. one step still out of the pool. Um, they're yeah. just waiting to to till it gets to a point where they can drop it and move on, and people won't cause too much of a fuss. Yeah, because they're basically chasing and reacting to Xbox right now, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. how how I'm feeling in this Xbox v Sony thing is more like it really does remind me a lot of the streaming versus movie theaters that's happening right now, where like. Xbox is very literally going for the streaming market, right? Like people will always have Netflix and Hulu in their home or whatever, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, whatever your poison is, right? And like you're always gonna prob- you're gonna be- you're gonna probably be watching that multiple times a week. But then there's the occasional movie that's gonna make you say, "I need to go to the theater to see that." You know, it's gonna be Avatar two. It's gonna be the next big Marvel film. It's gonna be Top Gun Maverick, right? Like that movie is what Sony is, right? Like you're occasionally gonna get out there buy that big exclusive, play it for a week or two, but then you come back to Xbox where you have this constantly rotating selection of games that you have for kind of free, you know? Yeah, and I think what's funny too, just kind of thinking on it, is with PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, that was when PlayStation Plus first started. Then that, they were offering free games every month, and that was before xbox was doing it and so they were ahead of the game with their platform they were they had a lot of again i think it heavily contributed to the ps4 sales compared to xbox one like at the time during that generation which really does not feel that long ago they had the better platform that was keeping people coming back month after month and then with xbox Towards the end of Xbox One, start of Xbox Series SX, um, Games Pass really kicked it into high gear. Microsoft was putting in that investment, and uh, it's working. I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing as Disney and Netflix right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Disney is now... Disney Plus now has a larger streaming platform than Netflix because they are putting so much into it. They also spent like $79 billion to buy the tech from... MLB, which still blows my mind, but um, <laughs> it's who's willing to build a platform that has everything you're looking for. Yeah, it's, it's sh- I think that's that's the mindset shift that has to happen with Sony if they kind of want to recapture gamers. Is understanding like why do why do gamers enjoy Xbox Game Pass? Part of it is I'm getting stuff that I've played in the past. Part of it is. Um, the ability to play on different platforms. And part of it is just never ending new games. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's day like, one. That lets too. you just keep yeah day one and day one exclusives. Like I think that's the biggest thing that Sony is missing is if you subscribe to the highest tier of PlayStation Plus Premium, 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 because um, I can never remember the freaking name, uh, you get God of War Ragnarok on day one. Mm-hmm. Like that that would be the can game you imagine people. how quickly their subscription service would ramp up if they did that like mm-hmm. done um yeah. it's, it's like it's not only a messaging shift but it's like putting your money where your mouth is right because like mm-hmm. that's what xbox did when the xbox one started as that machine that wanted to be your tv and your console nobody <laughs> cared about that and then they, <laughs> and then they shifted to okay we're gonna offer you game pass and we're actually gonna make game pass a worthy investment for you and for us and and remind me the xbox one had did it have a uh coax cable in the back like the port or am i misremembering uh, i don't remember I, it didn't have coax it had an ir beamer but it had the hdmi in so that right, you would, right right and with hdmi cec you'd feed your cable box into the into xbox. your xbox so that then you could use Connect and Cortana to, um, to like control channels. Uh, you could, I believe, use it as a DVR. Um, so oh, like yeah. you know, you you go into the settings and program like where you were, what stations you had, what service you were on, and it would it would pull all of that data for you. Um, but yeah, you know, they just you know they tried to be like we want to be your all in one, all in one unit for for everything you want to do and now they're just like we want to just be the place that you play games Mm -hmm. although what's ironic is now in 2022 i bet there's a sizable number of people out there who only have like the xbox hulu and disney apps on their xbox and the xbox is basically their tv box and gaming box anyway so it all comes full circle you know (laughs) um i think what's also interesting too is that out of these documents you know we also have microsoft claiming that Sony uh, pays for like blocking rights, essentially, to have a game not be on Game Pass, which kind of it, it that feels like a very uh, smoking gun for Sony understands the threat that Game Pass holds. It's also the wrong way to spend your money. Rather than blocking it, why don't you invest in getting something on your platform? Well, I think because uh, it doesn't do much I, to bring new users. I have a feeling that what was really happening here um, is just the, the same type of exclusivity that we've always seen. Yeah. Um, I think that that uh, <clears throat> um, that Microsoft worded worded this statement very specifically, very pointedly to make Sony out to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But since since the dawn of video games, companies have been helping investing in development. Um, helping pay for for publicity this that everything to get stuff exclusive to their platform um i would be a little bit confused if it was specifically some clause in a contract saying you know you cannot be on their streaming service if it's like a multi-platform release right um I, I may be wrong. I may be, you know, just seeing the way that Microsoft is phrasing this and being like, mm, "This is a, like this seems a little bit uh, inflammatory to say." It, it's sneaky, and and I agree with you. I think I think it's a similar thing. Where I, I bet you Sony would phrase Microsoft buying, uh, or yeah, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard as they're purchasing blocking rights for Call of Duty, 
which like yeah technically just like kind of but any anytime there's ever been an exclusive game on xbox that hasn't been a first party release um you know are they are they questioning that there's some kind of you know you could say oh well xbox has invested funds in the development of said title um, and for that has determined that, you know, as part of the negotiation, there will be an exclusivity period. But you can very quickly twist that to say Sony paid money so that PlayStation gamers can't play that game. And both yeah. mean the same thing. It's just how you twist it. Exactly. What's it's super it's PR interesting game. to me. Exactly. Yeah. What's super spin. interesting to me is that when Microsoft did say that Sony is paying for, air quote, blocking rights that they did bring up like that there is a bunch of redacted content right after that. So I like Microsoft would have been there and said this company or this game, this game, this game, this mm -hmm. game. Um, I'm sure that destiny is up there like Bungie and destiny. Yes. Sony now owns Bungie, but since like the start of destiny, when it first released uh, seven years ago or something now, um, knowing that there was always equipment and a strike that was, you know, a year delayed to get to Xbox versus, uh, versus PlayStation. I'm sure that like, that's part of it. I'm sure that they're talking about square Enix as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would, mm -hmm. I would love to know what else was on that list. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th this definitely just, it feels very, you know, it's like we were joking about at the beginning of the pod. This feels very console war y. You mm -hmm. know, so it's back again. But it's it's not as uh, juvenile as it was back yeah. in the day with Sega and Nintendo. And the ads aren't going to be as good. No. <laughs> I think that's what upsets me the most. <laughs> the war weird, it is like... what it is, but I want ads. I want just those ads that we look back now and we're like, holy shit, how did this it's, it's how did this a... make it to air? a weird like drawing of the console wars into the physical litigious like public eye mm -hmm. um and it's so interesting yeah like ironically it's also like the most boring the console wars have been because this is like <laughs> legal documents you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. this is this is chloroform on paper kind of shit but <laughs> it's also like once you dig into it and read like what's going on here it's like okay there's there's some it's also shit. like you know, PR for PR's sake, and of course, Microsoft can change their mind at the drop of a hat if they want to, if this purchase goes through. But Microsoft has also stated multiple times that they have zero plans to to take uh, Call of Duty and make it single platform. Mm -hmm. And in their own words themselves, they would be losing money by, yeah. by not putting it on the other platform. Um, it is also kind of funny that other big Activision properties like World of Warcraft um, are not getting any mention whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess that wouldn't be for Sony to say as much. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, think that we... one's going to be moving from PC. So, no. Yeah, as, well, we've got Final Fantasy 14 on, on the PlayStation 5. So, do you reckon it yeah. could be something as weird as uh, like Xbox gets World of Warcraft console edition and you know, PlayStation keeps Final Fantasy 14. Man, that that would be kind of an L for Microsoft, though, huh? Oh, huge L. No, it's bleeding subscribers right now. But also, yeah. if you're like, hey, here's here's you know, we uh, your monthly benefits for being uh, 
Xbox Game Pass subscriber. And also, you can stream World of Warcraft Console Edition to your phone. Don't you guys have phones? There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, yeah, the Game Pass is still kind of becoming just that ultimate value, right? Because I mean, it's also Mm -hmm. just off offhandedly reminded me too that you get to play like all the league champions right just by owning game pass it's like yep valorant think, 2 yeah and, and something smite, else doesn't it smite Maybe. 2 has yeah. some stuff yeah i mean they've done a great job of, of forming some pretty incredible partnerships i mean riot riot games itself that's a huge win for them yeah that that fan base is just absolutely massive Getting in bed with all the problematic players in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now they had—they actually did have a good report come out this yeah. week. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They, they see, seem to have turned a cheek a yeah. little. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's cleanse our palates a little bit with some fun, more fun news. Um, Arc System Works. You know, you might know them from Dragon Ball Fighters, Dragon Ball Fighters, and uh, Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, they are saying that they're more open to doing collaborative games in the future, like with colla- like collaborating with IPs. So, I mean, that's something they're not strangers to. Obviously, like there's a Dragon Ball game, there's uh, Blast mm-hmm. Blue, right? And there was that um, uh, Blaze Blue, Blaze Blue, uh, that one exactly. fantasy. You're not meant to pronounce the Z. I've learned in fighters. No, in in Blaze Blue. No, that's stupid. And there's, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're moving on from that one. <laughs> um, actually, uh, DNF Duel too, right? Because that's based on a like a mobile game, like Dungeon Fighters or something like that. So you know they do a lot of collaborations already. So it's not like surprising necessarily that they're open to doing more. But it does just kind of open the floodgates for thinking like, what else could they do? Right. Especially mm-hmm. like if they have the engine, if they don't need to worry about creating original characters and if they can just like uh, leech isn't the right term, but if they can just like draw in on a fan base, um, that sounds like a great idea. Like I want I want the Naruto fighter Z. I want one piece fighter Z. Um, I Demon want Slayer, Pokemon probably. fighter Z. They, they, that exists. It's called Pokemon Tournament. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that's a bad game? Excuse you. I'm just. I'm. Just, I still question the fact that Suicune is in a fighting game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, but, they did what, the Persona Four Arena, right? In Arena Ultimax too. Like Ultimax, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which is. Getting a remaster, getting a remake, re-release. Sorry, didn't that? Or yeah, it, that, that, that came it, out. It right? Sorry, yeah. it might have already come out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it, it just got a rollback netcode or something. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, in in doing the editing for this story, um, I did some deep digging into what collaborations Arxis has done in the past. They had the coolest 3ds fighting games i like immediately ran to all of my friends who are like very into the fgc um but they had a dragon ball z fighting game that they released and it was like all cool whatever it was a yeah 3ds game then a year later they release a one piece fighting game using the exact same engine Uh, people enjoy that it runs great whatever 
and then like six months later they're like oh here we're putting in an update uh, these two games now have cross play oh and so you've just like one game has the full roster of one piece characters the other game full roster of dvz characters um yeah. and just entirely separate games can play them together so you can finally settle the score who's stronger goku or pirate goku <laughs> well you can do that in a uh, what was that other crap game jump force jump force <laughs> <laughs> featuring famous fighters like yugi moto yep but like in weird really hard 3d yeah that was an odd one um but yeah like if they took what is currently such a popular fighter like fighters z um and just like made a version with one piece characters they'd sell millions instantly mm-hmm. um i mean i feel like dragon ball was like that perfect ip for them because it's, it's one mm-hmm. of those ip that has like so many fans like all over like a lot of people know dragon ball right and then it is a fighting show like it just i mean there have been multiple dragon ball fighting games in the past already so for them to come in and do their arxis magic on it just makes total sense yeah Mm -hmm. they're uh, they're one of those companies that it's like they do a thing and they nail it pretty much every single time yeah um and it's so cool to see um and you know the people there must be so incredibly passionate about what they do and counting frame data and stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and they're getting rewarded for it because people love the game it was huge at a um it was huge at evo once again yeah i mean and they're just so stylish about it too right like i mean if you just look at guilty gear like those games have always been so stylish, but Strive is just like on another level of just rule of cool owns everything, you know? And you you feel that too in like in Dragon Ball Fighters, where yes, it's based on the IP and there's a lot of it that feels very reminiscent of the show, right? And there are even like comparisons of some of the cutscenes or like the special attacks you do in the game that are like pretty much a directly pulled from a shot from the show, but there's just that little twist of like Arxis flair that gets mm-hmm. added on, you know, that just, there's really nothing like an Arxis game. Yeah. Looking forward to see what they do next, you know, especially, yeah, I mean, whether it's their own thing or knowing how into uh, working collaboratively could be, it could be another like blade blue cross tag, but just with a whole bunch of different characters from a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Or hear me out. Spy family fighter, spy family X Z. I mean, <laughs> we can, we can joke about that, but if they paired Anya up with the dog and had them like a, like a duck hunt dog esque character, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that would probably be excellent. Well, you heard it here, folks. First coming 2024. Well, and then, and then they can have, and then they can cross in with Full Metal Alchemist characters, and then they can have Nina and the dog be a paired duo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can have them do a fusion dance, and then pull DBZ characters in. Is it still too soon? <laughs> I, I feel like it's still too soon. <laughs> right here, like what? No. 
I have literally no idea what you two are talking about. Uh, like, zero. What human is, like, experimentation. This is going a lot of different directions. Uh, yeah, it's it's abhorrent against humanity. Human experimentation It's what we're currently joking lightheartedly about. Mm-hmm. In a fight, yeah. make believe hypothetical yeah. fighting game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what we got that make believe part. Write your homework for next week is uh, watch Full Metal Alchemist. All of it. Even Brotherhood. Isn't, isn't that Brotherhood, the original? Lot? Nah, it's like 52 episodes. 64. Like, uh, uh, 64, sorry. 20 minutes, yeah. though. Thanks. That's I'll just something. go rewatch uh, uh, Stargate SG1. I'm good. Nah, just watch a good show. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I think that does it for the news this week. So let's jump into some games we've been playing. Right after you're done talking about Stargate, do you want to tell us about Cult of the Lamb? Yes. Um, this is one that uh, kind of took me by surprise in terms mm-hmm. of I had been watching it and I was like, oh, cool, it's a roguelike. Um, but then our team started playing it before launch and they were like, yeah, there's also like them stuff to it in terms of like crafting and building and like making your followers happy. And then at that point I was fucking sold. Mm -hmm. Um, so I hopped in, I've I've played about seven hours ish. Um, and it's good. Uh, are you very far in the game? I've I'm on the second boss now, I think. So it'll be Um, a while until you bleed it. Yes. The sheer magnitude of these jokes are just palpable. Just you know me. Yep. Yep. But it's uh, it's it's definitely got a lot of interesting elements to it. Um, in terms of, you know, you're recruiting followers who will not only like collect things uh, like wood and stone for you and convert and uh, worship you, so that you can gain, uh divine inspiration, which then lets you unlock more buildings. Mm. Um, but there's also kind of a, I mean, obviously a cult element to it, to where you are choosing doctrines to where it's like, um, you do a new doctrine. That's either like, um, for three days, your followers don't sleep and don't eat and they just work or you give them a day off. Um, so you can be like a benevolent cult leader or an evil one. Same thing. You can either sacrifice or you can ascend them. Um, uh, and wait, each wait, one wait, has wait, like wait. perks. What does the send mean? Cause ascend sounds like cult speak for sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you sacrifice, you get, uh, you get points based off of their loyalty. If you ascend them, you get some points based off of their loyalty, but also, all of your other followers get more loyalty from it. So there's like, if you want to get enough to jump to that next level of the crown that lets you get higher level weapons at the start of every run, or you want to increase the loyalty of your followers to ideally exponentially grow that with each like sermon you give. Hmm. Um, And then there's kind of, there's the roguelike stuff to it as well in terms of every single runs different. Um, kind of slave aspire esque uh traversal so you'll go through one map which will be one kind of level up towards the final mini boss fight um and uh 
there's like tarot cards. So you'll run into a little shopkeeper who has tarot cards and you can choose from one or two. Um, and just stuff like that. It's, and I'll say the, for me, the combat feels not great. Mm. Um, the sim side is very, very good. I don't, I mean, I don't mind the, the combat. Um, but, uh, it, if you're someone who likes, liked like enter the gungeon and then also likes kind of sim esque components as well, they, they do merge mm-hmm. pretty well. Um, so and I'm having I'm, fun. If I'm understanding it, is a gameplay loop like you go out on a run and then when you come back, there are resources or something that you can use to build up mm-hmm. your your play, your settlement, your your compound, perhaps we can call it. Yeah. Um, so you go out on a run and throughout that run, you can collect um, different resources or you might stumble across a new follower to indoctrinate. Um, and then you go back, you indoctrinate that follower, learn what their like pros and cons are. Cause some, like for some, it's like, if they get sick, you lose 15 faith and faith is kind of centered around the happiness and the, like how many sermons you give, how effective they are, doctrines, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then like collect the resources that they've gathered for you and then like build up your settlement and continually add things like early on, um, your cultists are just shitting and vomiting everywhere. Um, nice. You have to clean it as up. They do as they do. Um, yeah. And that's also tied into the food system to where when you're cooking, some foods have a chance to make them instantly take a dump or vomit, um, <laughs> which is just, and there's also one that's like a 75% chance that they die or, or 75% chance or 25% chance that you get like high level resources. Um, Mm. it's just called like bowl of death or something. Um, so there's a lot of like, uh, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that type stuff to it? Um, and as you get higher in the building tree, like farming becomes a little more automated. You can have a janitor station so that your cultists clean up after themselves and you can get an outhouse so that they don't just, take a shit in the woods. Mm, um, we're civilized in this cult. Yeah, we're civilized. Um, <laughs> uh, we uh, d- absolutely uh, use that poop for fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. the components are pretty solid. So I think an important question is, I've heard that you can name your cult. What is the name of your cult? Cult of Rut, because I'm boring as fuck. Um <laughs> It was like, name your cult. And I was like, I just want to start playing. You've let me down. You've let yourself down. You've let the people down. Should it have just been Tech Raptor? Well, no, you've already got a cult named Tech Raptor. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Sorry, am I not meant to say that quite far out loud? Oops. No, well, here's some Kool-Aid for you to Get drink. Back in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> to the guide's mind, I go. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been hearing a lot about this game since it came out, and it seems to be like it's a very tongue-in-cheek kind of take on cults, which mm-hmm. I'm like kind of interested in. And I've heard more about the semi stuff, where it's like you're building up your settlement. That also sounds more interesting to me than like the the rogue, roguey wokey part of it. You're not the oh. only one. I saw somebody tweet. They're like, I haven't even finished the first dungeon and I've completely upgraded my settlement. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Have either of you ever played Forager? No. No, but it's probably okay. right up my alley, and that's dangerous. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass, too. That's where I played it. 
Um, I'm going to recommend you check out Forager Rut because it's got a lot of that. Like there is like some some dungeon diving into it, but the vast majority of it is that like upgrading systems, building pipelines, um, harvesting resources, upgrading everything. Um, I played so much of that on my Xbox One S that uh, just booting the game now lags. <laughs> so it has a Skyrim from PS3 vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm absolutely a sim addict, though. Like, I okay. very much enjoy to... the crafting survival sims. Fair enough. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass you that link, and that can be that could be the game that you talk about next week. Because <laughs> it'll take over your life. Yep, it's on Game Pass. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so we won't hear from him for a whole week. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll, it. just, it'll just be Forger and Hunt Showdown. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you'll show up on the pod next week, like, disheveled, haven't showered in days. Just all you've been doing <laughs> but, is foraging. But I just needed to buy one more island. By one more island, that's all. <laughs> Just one more. Uh, hey, Stretch, do you want to talk about Tower of Fantasy? It is now fully out. People have been playing it, and people on Twitter are having thoughts. What do you think? Yeah. I, so I, I got early access to Tower of Fantasy, um, and it's, it's a cool game. Um, I mean, in terms of a free-to-play title, this is the kind of game that I, like, I would have wished to have been around when i was younger um it's it's a really fun game it has all of like the 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 necessary beats in it but it it just doesn't quite have the the gaminess about it um beautiful large open world the character customization is really cool um the combat's actually a lot of fun a lot of people have been comparing it to genshin which i totally get um Genshin just has that extra level of of depth or complexity that a lot of other the the Tower of Fantasy just doesn't quite have. It's the perfect kind of like mindless. You have a podcast going on. You've got a season of a show that you're catching up on. Um, it is a second screen experience of a game. Mm. Um, it's not to say, yeah, you know, like the combat I think is actually, funnily enough, more in depth than Genshin Impact. It's got a really fantastic and very rewarding dodge mechanic um, that, like, split second, like, perfect dodges, like, create a bubble of slowed time. Mm. Um, the multiplayer was fun to get into. There's a lot of promotion of, like, you know, you, you want to be playing this with people because world bosses, you won't be able to beat on your own or there's like certain chests and, and items that require multiple people to get it. Um, and it, it feels like they really pulled from like Genshin impact and that open world anime RPG for like their design document, but they kind of like f forgot the heart of it. Mm -hmm. um, it hasn't helped that it's launched as an absolute buggy mess. Um, I was playing it on PC and it was, it was running fine. Um, I haven't actually had a chance to attempt to play it on the live server yet. I tried to download it to my phone to play cause it's also on iOS and Android. Um, and even having 
uh, like 20 gigs of free space on my phone. It was telling me, you don't have enough space for this update. And it's like, well, I guess, I guess I just won't be playing this game. (laughs) That's a lot for a phone. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So like, uh, clearly something is wrong. Like I think that it might've been like server issues were why it was saying that you can't play this. Um, but, uh, but I just I haven't had a chance to get into it. I know that other people have been having pretty buggy experiences. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're if you're like looking for something that you just want to like grind out to, um, it's really awesome. Free to play. They give you so much stuff for the for the gotcha pulls. Um, like even in even in my trial, like my trial period that I had. Uh, I got up to like level 20 something by the time I was level 18, I had already managed to collect enough to do at least 100 pulls. Um, and I wasn't even like, you know, doggedly seeking out the, the items that you can get to, to gain access. Mm. And they're given a lot up front too with yeah. launch. Um, yeah, they I ended like, up writing a guide on how to get a bunch of pulls like right out the gate. Yeah, and yeah, they they released like a because they're at like forty million pre registrations. Mm-hmm. They released a whole bunch of stuff for that as well, which was you know really awesome of them. Mm. So I'm curious, how do you feel about it? Like it just came out last week, and if I remember right, later this week. Genshin 3.0 or whatever, like the new new Genshin big update yeah. comes out. Yes, 24th. that's fourth. Yeah, so on the twenty fourth, it's and this isn't just like one of the the normal big Genshin updates. This is they're expanding to the fourth continent. Um, since the since the inception of Genshin Impact, like the game, it's one launched with access to two continents. And then everything from like year two on has all been on the third continent, Inazuma. Uh, but these, like, they're huge land masses. There's like as much content in there as other games would have in their entirety. Mm. Um, so knowing that that this is that they're eleven from the time we're recording this, that they're eleven days away from releasing a whole new massive continent, uh, I'm very. Uh, people are going to immediately get drawn back into Genshin or yeah. they've seen that, you know, that we're so close and people are hopping back into Genshin to make sure that they're, you know, caught up on all of the quests that they need to, or any other expansions that they might've missed to then, to then be playing. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's kind of tough for tower of fantasy, you know, cause the game, it is very inspired by Genshin from the looks of it. Like you just look at it and you could, I could totally some, see someone mistaking it for Genshin. And then yeah. when that happens, it makes the people who would already be likely to play this kind of game are also people who probably have played a lot of Genshin. And, and the people and, who already have that loyalty to, you know. And Genshin. Genshin is one of those games that is designed to take your time. It is mm-hmm. not designed to be like like Destiny. You go in and you do a couple, uh, like your couple daily events um, and then you leave uh genshin is like uh no you like if you want to spend the whole day in this game doing stuff you can spend the whole day in this game doing stuff as every day um so it'll be interesting to see when you have two games that are competing for someone's whole attention how that's how that's gonna go 
Yeah, especially when they they f- look so similar too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this: I played thirty minutes and uninstalled. So Tower of Fantasy. Yeah, mm. it's not really just, your game though. That's a pretty that's no, a pretty rough judge. <laughs> I was hoping yeah. it would. Like I was like I was like I didn't try. I never tried Genshin. I'll say that. Um, I know I needed to. Maybe I'll like Genshin. I just like very early on it just didn't click because even the talking just felt hollow. Like early on in the, in the story, I was like, this just doesn't feel meaty. This isn't like gripping me at all. Mm. So yeah, um, I probably didn't give it enough of a chance, but yeah. Yeah. It's not like Elden Ring where I quit because I was frustrated. Cause you were bad at the game. Yeah. Cause I was just hot fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. In a, uh, in Elden Ring, he couldn't get good, but in tower of fantasy, he couldn't get wood. Is that a horny reference? Yes, because it's a it's a waifu heavy game. Ah, uh, okay, <laughs> all right. And we all know Red a and his, it was just said his addiction to waifus, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, what have you been uh, uh, speaking of waifus, Scrappy? What have you been playing? <laughs> so, Xenoblade. So, you remember how last week I was like, yeah, I'm 25 hours in, and I still don't know if I like this. Mm-hmm. So I put 20 more hours into it since then. And do you want to guess how many chapters of the story I've gone through? One. Two more. Just one. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it was tw- it was a 20-hour chapter. And most of it was like side quest shit. Because, you know, of course it is. So it's it's definitely a, a slow-paced game. Um, if you didn't hear last week, I'm I'm... I'm very middle of the road on this right now. And I don't think much of that has changed. And if anything, I am feeling even less invested in a lot of the gameplay mechanics and systems. Cause you know, it's, it's like, it's like I said last week where anyone can be any class and there are 23 classes and you unlock them gradually. And I forgot to mention this last week, but so far I can only get each class up to rank 10, but all of them can go up to rank 20 by doing more side quests to unlock them. So it's like so much progression is out there, which is great for people who would like love to fall into this game. But there is a handy nifty little button on the status screen where auto equips all the shit to your character when you change your classes. Because every time you change, you have to like redo everything. Is that like Mm -hmm. an an optimize button? It's an optimize button essentially. And I've just been doing that for everyone because I'm like, I, I cannot be asked to change this character's entire fucking thing every hour or two. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, you know, I got this new armor on my tank. Let's upgrade it to be like, okay, now my tank is going to be DPS. So I need to change everything on them because that, that extra HP isn't really useful on DPS anymore. I need to change it to an attack gem or something like that is very exhausting. So is it more of an optimize or is it like uh, uh, you can like have presets? It's just optimize. If I could have presets, I would love that. But it's just an optimize button. Hmm. And if you have a like if you've used the class before on the character, they save the like the last thing you used on them, which seems helpful. But it's like the last time I used that class was maybe like 10 levels ago. I've got a bunch of new shit that's like way better. You know, so it's like yeah. not that useful anymore anyway. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I'm still falling into that same like kind of meh feeling of 
none of my characters feel like they matter like from a mechanic standpoint as long as i know i just have enough dps tank and healer to have a balanced party mm -hmm. that's all i feel Are you like having I need. fun that is a very complicated question <laughs> I feel like I feel like at the point that you're like you look so twenty defeated. hours into the game that that you should know what the answer to that is. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice. It's very again, it's zen. You know, you don't have to think about much. You just kind of like zone out and just look at it. Um, have you ever but... heard of the game Forager? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, oh, interesting. I'll, I'll send yeah. you the link too. Sure, sure. I don't know. I think I am getting close to a point where it's like, if the story doesn't hook me anymore anytime soon, I might drop the game here. Because I, I did just get through a like a story beat that's like, oh, okay. There, you know, it's like a surprise, like surprise and delight kind of moment, right? And it's like mm -hmm. it, it increases the stakes of the, of your story, so you can be a little more invested in your character drama. And I kind of want to see where it goes from there. But I don't know if it's going to outweigh, like, if I swear to fucking God, if if chapter four is another 20 hours, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't know if, I don't know if that's that's going to be something I'd want to stick with. So you're in chapter four right now or you're in chapter three? I am in chapter three or four. I'm, I'm in chapter four. Chapter three took me 20 hours. Okay, and you and you know that the game has seven chapters, right? I am aware, and people say it takes like 150 hours to beat. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you uh, that you realize that at the point that you're at now, not you're even not halfway. even halfway. No. Okay, I I talked okay. to, with with Austin, one of our writers, and he he's way ahead of me. I think he's in maybe chapter five or something, and he said to me at some point, "Man, this new map that I'm on, it makes the other ones look small." I'm like, man, fuck you. That that's not that can't be. Well, we, I wish we, you hadn't said anything. We didn't have a code at like for review prior to launch, but I know that the person who is taking the review only just finished the game a few days ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I bet he's been playing. Like, he's been playing like nonstop. nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. Him him and Isaac have. I don't know. I think Isaac beat the game. A little bit before him but i'm not sure mm. um but yeah this was a game that uh i wish we had gotten ahead of launch because yeah. Yeah. tell you what yeah it sounds like it's a game where even if you get a quarter of the way through you're getting your 60 dollars worth kind of yeah it, it is a game where i feel like for the people who you know just love checklists in a, in a different way from like a ubisoft game right like this is more like I've picked up so many items, like just like ingredients and like monster parts. Hey, Donald I, would be proud. He would be. And oh, don't get me started on Donald because there's so much of that. Like they repeat the same things over and over again, you know, at the end of battles. <laughs> so, like, there, there's, there's a version of this is a good place to find some ingredients in this nice. game too. Um, but no, I have so many of those ingredients and all that. I don't even look at them anymore. They're just like shiny gems to pick up because again, they don't matter. Right. There's like a, yeah. there's like a tab in the quest tab. That's like uh collectopedia, I think it's called, where it's, it's like, 
the game can't even be asked for you to fetch quest things. It just like they just minimize it to a menu where when you meet NPCs, they give you a card that's like, I want you to give me these items. And you don't even have to go back to them. You just go to the card in the menu and like hold down A to give them the items once you have them. But it's still a fetch quest. You know, like it, it's still there and you're still amassing mm. a list of garbage you don't think about and don't care about. And I bet like if you really wanted to fill out the collectopedia, you would need a guide to like know where to farm that item, you know? Yeah, and we talked about making one of those guides and they realized how much work it was going to be. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's that that definitive point at which you say and and what I am about to try to make is that going to be a guide or is that a, a wiki? wiki yeah, yeah. and we, yeah. Wiki. when it treads into that it's going to be a wiki phase it's like i'm not sure i want to take that big a dive mm-hmm. at that point i'll just let ign do it yeah, yeah. oh which <laughs> i i say as i'm in the middle of making a wiki <laughs> uh. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Xenoblade is it's very it, it's comfort food in a way. It's JRPG comfort food, right? Because you know, yeah, it it has a lot of the similar trappings of like you know, big map to explore, lots of townsfolk and NPCs to talk to. But I don't think I'm gonna remember much of it as much as I do like a Final Fantasy game or like Tales of Arise. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like Tales of Arise was a was a game of the year contender for me last year. Xenoblade, super not, <laughs> not even <laughs> close. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that does it for this week's episode of the Tech Raptor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please feel free to leave a review. Uh, let us know in the comments down below, either on YouTube or on our site. What do you think? of the console wars coming back. Are you, are you an X bot? Are you a Sony pony sound off down below? And uh, if you haven't yet <laughs> share the show with a friend, <laughs> share the show with your fellow X bots and Sony ponies. So that way they can also start flame wars down in the comments below. <laughs> Why are you inviting this? What's wrong with you? I don't, Can't wait no, till this makes it a, on Reddit. Everyone have a, have a nice fun time. <laughs> Pat each other on the back or something. I'm, I'm having a fun time, but only on my PlayStation, not the garbage Xbox. Am I right? Okay, we're cutting this. Goodbye. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next Monday. See you then. Yeah.